Hello, hello, and welcome to the Reformed Singaporean Podcast. to the second episode of the Reformed Singaporean Podcast, where I am Chris, the Reformed Singaporean that the title refers to. Now, uh, with this episode, we'll be officially starting uh, you know, our series of topics, various topics that, that you know, I, I plan on covering. Uh, and it's all, it's all going to be candid, it's all going to be very uh, on the spot, authentic, and I hope that you know, these sessions will be educational for you. Uh, and edifying you know, to our faith. Uh, so today, with me today, to kind of help me start this series off will be two of my friends, actually. Uh, one of them, his name is Isaac. Okay, uh, Maybe Isaac can introduce yourself real quick. Hi, I'm Isaac. I'm also a young, reformed Singaporean, I guess. <laughs> but not a reckless type of reform and not those modern-day Calvinists um, that are running around today. Yeah, I'm Isaac. Um, what else do you want me to introduce myself? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can say or oh, which church you go to, and I don't know. I I come from a very I come from a small family church. Uh, it's called Truth Baptist Church. It's about the congregation size is about two hundred people in Singapore. Uh, I just graduated from Poly, entering my NS, I guess. So you guys can guess my age from there. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. Nice, very nice. Okay, uh, David. How about you tell us a little bit more about who you are? Yo, so I'm David. I met Chris in because we are in the same CCA, but we're different polys, but same CCA, Campus Crusade for Christ. I'm also Reformed. I am a Presbyterian. I come from Princep Street Presbyterian Church, which is quite near Bugis around there. So, uh, unlike Isaac, Wadio, I'm going to Wadi in <laughs> two weeks' time. So, yeah, <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Thanks, Dave. He's about to ORD from his national service, and I will be ORDing about five weeks after him. So I'm quite excited for that myself. Uh, for those of you guys who might be tuning, uh, tuning in for the very first time, uh, really thank you for coming on board and just setting aside some of your time to listen to what we have to ramble on about. But for today's topic, I was really thinking about it and. I thought, what better way to start off our you know, topical series than to talk about really what, what is Christianity all about? Because as much as Christians around the world, what more in Singapore, might know of Jesus or heard of Jesus, they might maybe know a thing or two, uh, yeah, a few things about what Christianity is about. Um, they might know some Christian family members, Christian friends, okay, or at least people who go to church. Uh, but really, what, what is it? Because uh, I, I'm pretty sure we can all agree that many people, you can ask uh, many different Christians really, and they will give you, they might give you different answers to that question. You know, what is Christianity all about? Uh, 
and yeah, maybe if I can throw it to the floor, the very first question, what, what is Christianity all about in a nutshell? Why me? <laughs> wow, Dave. I, I wanted you to go first to make everything is uh, much more simpler. I think for ourselves, to summarize uh, Christianity in a nutshell, in a few sentences itself, I think in crew we are well trained in, in, in uh, so-called presenting this idea of the gospel. Um, we might have some differences here and there, but I think overall as a general, uh, as a general rule of thumb, when it comes to Christianity, when explaining about Christianity, is about how we as Christians believe that men are inherently sinful and how we have so-called dis- destroyed this world in some sense or another. And ultimately, as Christians, uh, from name, we can imply that it implies that we are followers of Christ, simply saying that we ourselves believe in this person, in fact, this, this person known as Christ, and how God himself sent the only son to die for us on the cross for our sins to be forgiven. And the only way for us to this thing called salvation is through believing in this man known as Jesus Christ himself. And ultimately, as Christians, we have a hope of this thing known as the eternal life, which is the life to come after our death. So I think in a nutshell, that's how we explain Christianity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So for, for me, how I will explain Christianity is the heart of Christianity is the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. For the Yep, that's the heart of Christianity. And then, of course, we can expound a lot on uh, why does Christ need to save us? Why is he saving us from? What is, is he saving us to? What is he saving us by? You know, all those things. But at the very heart of Christianity is a person, which is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Son of Man. Hmm. Yeah, uh, thanks for that, guys. I, I think a, a lot was said. Uh, even though it's it is a summary, I think what you guys said is, is a summary of what we call the gospel. Yeah, I think that's another term that people might might or might not be familiar with, uh, and, and especially I do not know who might be listening to this podcast whether they might understand these things or not. Um, and while, uh, while while you guys more or less summarize what the Christian faith is all about, I think if we were to break all of those statements down bit by bit, it would take us quite a long time because. On the surface, though this explanation might seem short, it's actually very deep. <laughs> I think a lot of it contains very uh, rock-solid truths you know, that can take years, and some people years, to, to, really, dig, uh, to really dig through. Uh, so for today, uh, I think what I think we should be focusing on, at least the part of what the gospel is, is who God is. I, I, I think it's fair to say that what is a Christian, or rather, what is Christianity? I do believe that uh, a big part of that answer, the answer to that question, is our understanding of who God is. Okay, uh, and before I throw out the question for you guys to answer or to just share your thoughts on, I, uh, I think something else I can add is that in Singapore's context, we are surrounded by you know all kinds of religions, all kinds of beliefs, and for us being an Asian country, okay, an Eastern kind of country, uh, many of our parents or our ancestors, okay, our culture is really shaped and influenced by what we call Eastern religion, Eastern philosophy. Uh, uh, some of these things come in the form of Buddhism, Taoism, um, ancestral worship, uh, 
yeah, praying to the dead, all, all, all kinds of things, really. Uh, and not only those Eastern religions, but even uh, we have Muslims, okay? We have uh, really religions, all shapes and sizes, who have their own version, their own belief of, of who God is, okay? I think a lot of Singaporeans have this idea of a God, a God, okay? Something out there. But, yeah. But I, I, I precisely think that's the reason why it's so important. Who is God? And I think that would shape our understanding of what Christianity is. Okay. Um, and one of the attributes I would like to bring to light and bring to focus for today is what we call the holiness of God. Okay, we believe that the Christian God is holy. Okay, what, what does that mean? Right? Um, maybe YB and David, can you perhaps shed some light, some light to us about what that means? David can start first since I started just now, so I shall give this, I shall give this opportunity to David. <laughs> David, sure, please go ahead, enlighten us. Okay, so one thing I want to share is that if you look at the Bible, if there's one attribute that people describe God, um, holy is the word that we should really discuss about, because nowhere in the Bible do you say people describing God as love, love, love. You don't see in the Bible people describing God as grace, 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 or kindness, 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 or good, good, good. What do you see? Isaiah 6, in the book of Revelation, you see holy, holy, holy. And you know in the Bible when they repeat it a few times, you know it's something that stresses its importance. So that's why I think what this did was good in the sense that the first thing you must really understand is that God is holy. Now, what does it mean for it to be for God to be holy? I'll just briefly share two points, and then YB can share a bit more on that. So, first thing, how we define holy is someone other, someone that is set apart. So, when we say God is holy, we believe that He's someone other than us. He's in a different class altogether. You can't even compare us to Him. It's not even fair. So. That's the first thing you define as holy. The second thing you define as holy is that he's morally pure. He hates sin. He hates unrighteousness. Every small evil act is a stench to his nostrils. So that's why it means for him to be holy. Yeah. So to summarize, God is holy in the sense that he's other and he's holy in the sense that he hates sin. How about YB? What do you think? I think that's very good. I think I have no comments on that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I think to add on to David's uh, point on this uh, moral perfection of God himself, I, I think, yeah, in the sense of holiness, I, I just want to add on by saying that I think it's not just how we determine as moral standards of what is right and wrong per se, but it's more of how there's anything that is against God that is so-called so against so-called moral standard in that sense. I think God is holy when we talk about it. Is As we have said, he set apart. So anything that is apart from him is not holy. Anything that is inherently wrong is actually something that is basically against God altogether. So I think I would just want to add on that point. Yeah, mm, yeah uh, thanks for that. I, I really do think that's very helpful. Uh, some things that David mentioned, that you know, holy to be, to be holy means to be set apart. And the fact that the God of the Bible, the God of Christianity, is a holy God, it should be quite self-explanatory that this God is set apart, is in a different class altogether. Right, yeah, really thanks guys for those answers. And really, a reason why I thought about it and uh, that I, I, I really do think that this is 
one of one of the most appropriate, I hope it's the most appropriate way to start off a series like this about what really what is the gospel. To start off talking about the holiness of God is because uh, I think, at least when I observe Christianity, uh, not just as a whole, but just focusing in on Christianity in Singapore, I think a lot of my Christian friends who might say that they love Jesus, they love being a Christian, they love going to church, etc. They might say all these things, but yet, you know, when questioned about the holiness of God, they, they tend to be a bit stunned. You know, they tend to be a bit lost for words. And I think, um, you know, y'all, y'all can add on if you want, but uh, uh, one of the reasons is that I think we, we as Christians today in Singapore, we have lost sight of this attribute of God. We have sh- kind of shoved it to the back you know, of the not so important part of God. And, and what we push to the forefront is that our God is a God of love a God of mercy, a God of grace, and, and, you know, all, all those very nice to hear kind of stuff, right? Uh, yeah, so, so since we have already kind of defined what holiness is, okay, at least, at least on the surface, maybe uh, if, if you would so kindly, <laughs> maybe elaborate a bit more why understanding the holiness of God is important to the Christian life. Oh, yes, David, David just pointed to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go ahead, Isaac. Go ahead, yeah. Yeah. You're just taking turns to, to start first. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, I, think, I think when we talk about holiness of God, it encompasses every aspect of God. You know, it's not just uh, one aspect of love or one aspect of grace and mercy, but it encompasses everything that we know about God. And the one thing that we often, as we have mentioned before, you know, Singaporeans ourselves, we often forget, I think, not just in Singapore, but in general as a whole in this, in this world, justice is something that we often forget. We often define justice in a wrong manner. We prefer to define justice in our own ways. Uh, I don't want to. I don't like to bring politics into conversations. But you know, as we look around the world today, people are bringing justice in their own hands, and a lot of times there is no basis of justice. Why certain things are wrong, um, perceived as wrong in the world, and why certain things are perceived as correct. And so, when we talk about justice, ultimately, what comes after that is punishment, right? We have to have a form of punishment when justice is served, when things are wrong, are done wrongly. So I think in that in that sense when we talk about Singapore Christianity and so-called the whole Christianity in the world today, oftentimes we don't think about justice, the justice of God. We forget about the wrath of God that comes together with his justice. And because he is holy, he is set apart, he despises sin, he despises anything that is against him, he should be just in the sense to have wrath upon us and so i think that this is one of the things that many of us often forget about as christians today and actually throughout all the generation i'm fine they come to think about it mm. Mm. yeah so, that's helpful mm. of, um you're asking about the importance of yeah why why is it so important to understand about the holiness of god yeah okay so if you don't understand the holiness of god then you won't understand your sinfulness. And when you don't understand your sinfulness, you won't understand your need of God's grace. Okay, so of course, these are abstract terms to some. But let me give you guys a story, or rather a narrative of what happened in the Bible. So this is guy, his name is Isaiah. Um, he is a prophet. Um, when he's a prophet, you know his guy is a ups guy. You know, he is your, if nowadays you would see him as a church leader, someone who is a messenger for God. So basically he's uh, Atas lah, and ups. 
he's a prophet. But then one day he was in the throne of God, Isaiah chapter six, and when he saw God's holiness, when he saw the angels crying out, "Holy, holy, holy," very surprising to which we would not expect, and he cried out, "Woe is me, for I am of unclean lips, and I dwell with people of unclean lips." Which is very interesting because you're thinking, wait, he's a prophet, he's a righteous man of God. Why does he say, I have unclean lips? And the answer is because he saw his sinfulness. And how did he see his sinfulness? He saw the holiness of God. So, I believe that if Christians today don't even know the holiness of God, I can assure you, they don't know their sinfulness. I can assure you that they'll see all the wrongdoings as mistakes and flaws or brokenness in their hearts as opposed to an offense to the Holy God. Um, and of course, that is unbiblical. So that's why holiness of God is very important. Mm. Yeah, um, thanks for that. That is also indeed very helpful. I think what you guys said really helped to, I, I guess, shed some light as to how we should view some of the things that Christians like to say today, or maybe non-Christians okay, uh, like to say today people who don't believe in God or who don't believe in Christianity, I think it's very normal for them to have an idea that people are inherently good, okay? I mean, you have people who do bad things, okay? Uh, but maybe, you know, for example, I look at myself and I look at the guy in jail who murdered his his father, for example, and I say, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a sinner, yeah, sure, okay? I, I lied, I, I lied quite a lot of times in my life. Uh, maybe I stole my friend's pencil, but, but you know, th- that's that's about it, you know. I'm not that bad, you know. I'm not like that guy who killed someone. I'm not a murderer. I, I didn't like rob a bank or anything, you know. I, I my my sins, if you will, are just a very small matter, you know. And, and and I think with that, let me link it to another question that some people might ask: is that they they look at God in the Bible, His judgment upon sinners, okay? And we'll talk about sin in another episode. What that really means? What does it mean to be a sinner? Okay, but I, I guess we, we will touch a bit on that as well in this episode because I think the two really, the holiness of God and our sin really do, I guess, weave together in a very close manner. Uh, but anyway, when they look at God's judgments in the Bible, they might, they might think that God is a bit too extreme, right? I mean, I think anyone who actually reads the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, New Testament, uh, wherever you go, God is a God who cannot stand sin. God is a God who always punishes the wicked. Okay, um, of course, to, to put it very quickly, God sees everyone naturally as wicked, as sinful. It doesn't matter what actions you have done, your very heart is already in rebellion to God. And maybe the non-Christian might look at that and say, isn't God a bit too extreme? Isn't God a bit too harsh? How can God you know, pronounce eternal punishment? How can God threaten to send people to hell for temporal sins. Mm, I'm not sure if you guys might have heard of that objection before, but yeah, some people might ask that, you know, uh, these sins are just so, they seem so superficial, you know? So you're saying that even though I didn't kill anyone, I didn't do all these things that harm other people, at most maybe I just lied to that person, you, you mean that's deserving of hell, eternal punishment? Yeah, maybe, uh, how would you guys respond to that? Okay, so the first thing I would say is that they have a lot of presuppositions 
when they ask me that question. Uh, de- define so the, define the word presupposition. <laughs> the presupposition to put it another over simplistic way, assumptions. Okay, they have a lot of assumptions when they say those statements. Now, assumption number one um, is that their view of man's sinfulness is low. Right? They don't think man is that sinful. Second thing they assume is they don't think God's holiness is that high. Right? Low view of God's holiness and a low view of God's oh, sorry, of man's sinfulness, they can say those statements. But if you look at the Bible and you see how much God is holy, how much he hates sin, how that when you sin against an infinite God, an infinite holy God, you deserve infinite punishment. When they see that, then of course when they look at the text in the Bible that shows about God's judgment, the first thing they'll say is, of course, you know, God is holy. God has to punish, you know, because he's holy and righteous. Um, but the thing that should surprise us is when God shows grace. You know, f- uh, I, I think most people have it the opposite way around. When God shows grace and love, they think, ah, there we go, normal stuff. And then when God shows justice and punishes people, uh, especially for things that might seem small, they get surprised. Um, when actually they forgot that the wages of sin is death, they forgot that God is holy, they, got, they forget that men are sinful. So I think that's the first thing I would say. Why be? Yeah, I think <clears throat> very much so. Uh, I think as Chris mentioned before, we live in Singapore, we live in Southeast Asia. We have a lot of instant uh, philosophy influence in our society today. And I think one of the greatest influence of this of our society in that sense of Eastern philosophy is the fact that uh, people think and people understand that as men, we are capable of doing good. I think the whole idea of karma builds upon the fact that we think that we can do good, we can choose to do good or bad, and because we we choose to choose we choose to do bad, hence we have bad karma. But if we were to change that up, we were to choose to do good. Well, we can so-called outweigh the goodness that we have uh, over our bad deeds. So that uh, that ultimately comes out of the question then: how much goodness, how much good must we do um, in this life so that we can that it may outweigh the bad things that we have done? Well, I think as Christians, as we understand this, is that, well, honestly, it's not about really how much. The whole East, one bit of East will, will live in the whole bread. It's not about how much. It's not about how much, to, to what extent we are bad. But is the question is whether we are bad or not. It's a yes or no question and not about the extent of it. So I think as we come to the holiness of God, and we talk about the holiness of God, one, one passage came to mind was First uh, John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is like and in him is no darkness at all. Mm. And so when we come to talk about sinfulness of man, it can be uh, it can be implied as darkness here in the sense we can understand it as darkness here. Can we find any sort of sin in God? Can God accept any sin? Can light itself not shine upon any darkness if it's the true light? So I think it's I think for that, on that point, on that note, it's just that, I think simply is that God cannot have and cannot so-called um, put up with any form of darkness in him and in us also as, as his people. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, I think Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13 comes to my mind when I think of this question or questions related to this. Uh, the, the NIV version says that you know, God, your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Now, why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent 
while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves. And uh, I think that really relates to what David shared earlier, that actually, if we understand the holiness of God, what should surprise us is that God... Um, no, it, 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 is that God spares anyone is that God shows grace to anyone because uh, at least from a biblical perspective a biblical understanding everyone is a sinner uh, everyone is an enemy of God and everyone deserves his punishment so the fact that God spares even one person I think that's something we should be surprised and amazed at and I, and I think how we treat that question um, yeah, maybe let, let me use this analogy that I, I found to be quite useful for example, uh, let's say I, I went up to my brother now and I, I took a swing at his face. Now, I wanted to punch him and I missed. Okay? We'll probably laugh it off. No, we'll both laugh it off because we're brothers. No, we're, we're, we're playful. That's, our, that's how we roll. Uh, so, it's harmless, right? Let's say I try to do the same thing to my teacher. Okay? <laughs> I take a swing at my teacher and I miss. My teacher's not going to be too happy about it, right? My teacher's probably going to send me to the principal. I'm like, okay. Let's try the same thing to the principal. I take a swing. I miss. Uh, I, even though I, I can tell the principal that, yeah, I was just playing. Come on, chill, man. <laughs> the principal's going to send me to the police, probably. Uh, imagine, I try to take a swing at the police. He's going to arrest me. <laughs> okay? uh, he's going to put me on trial in court. Again, court is not enough to stop my swinging, punching tendencies. So I have a goal at the judge. He's going to send me to jail. I don't know what the punishment is going to be, but oh man, I do not want to imagine what would happen to me if I tried to take a swing at the judge in court in the name of fun. Okay, it seems harmless. It seems, you know, I can, I can say that I, I didn't really mean any harm, but again, you compare if I were to try and do it on my brother and do it to a judge. You see how my situation can look very different? Because again, it is not so much the offence itself, it's not so much the act of offence itself that uh, determines the punishment, but rather it is who we are committing that offence against. And in this case, our sinfulness is committing the ultimate offence ever possible. You know, we are offending the God of the universe himself. And I think that that's why it's so important for us to really understand the holiness of God. Because you know, if we do not start there, we will definitely naturally, you know, as men likes to think, we are we, we like to think that we are better off than we really are, that we are somehow good in any way, shape or form, that we are somehow deserving of favor from God, we are somehow deserving of his rewards. Okay? And I think that has to do with our influence from um uh, ideas such as karma, you know, Eastern philosophy, they talk about karma. You work, you get rewarded. And I think that that at least a lot of that has been seeped into Singaporean culture and some of it seeped even to Singaporean Christian culture. Alright, um, cool, cool. I think we are, we are almost reaching the half an hour mark soon. I, I, I'm glad we managed to talk about this. Uh, I think for our next session, we will be focusing more on what is sin? Because we'll be talking a lot about that in this session. Uh, we, yes, we have talked a lot about the holiness of God how even in the Bible, we are called to be holy. We as Christians are called to be holy just as God himself is holy. Uh, that is a command that is not new at all. Even in the Old Testament, that was what God told Israel to do. And that's what Peter in the New Testament commands the church to do, uh, to be holy. And I think we uh, hopefully after this episode, we have a better understanding of what that means and why 
it's important for us as Christians to understand. Uh, and yeah, uh, don't get me wrong, our God is a God of love, our God is a God of grace. So much grace, amazing grace. Uh, but I hope that you know, once we establish this foundation that our God is first and foremost holy and just, then in the, in the episodes to come, when we talk about those other attributes, hopefully um, this will cause those other attributes to shine so much more gloriously. Um, yeah, uh, maybe as we uh, come to a close, maybe Isaac or David, do you have any other last remarks? Okay, I have a remark. Um, if a book that will be very helpful for you to read, for the readers to read, is Holiness of God by Asi Sproul. Read it. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I second that. I was, <laughs> I was gonna say Holiness by JC Rao. JC Rao, but never mind. Okay, yeah. Holiness Sorry. by JC Rao. A bit older. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, JC Rao is a lot older than Asi Sproul, <laughs> but both are great authors. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I'm sure uh, you can ask me or ask whoever. Uh, you can message me on my Instagram <laughs> at the oh, Reform yes. Singaporean, the dot Reform dot Singaporean. Uh, if you need any more recommendations or even any questions uh, after listening to this podcast, yeah. Wait, Chris, mm. the analogy that you gave was it from your own experience? Uh, it was from Sai Ten Bruggen Kit. <laughs> oh. I just had to clarify, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I, didn't I, go I, to jail, do you? I, I didn't go to jail. <laughs> I heard it from this guy called Sai, Sai Ten Ruben right. Kate. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, I I think before we, we end the session, I I think uh, our listeners might have heard a lot of weird terms being thrown around, especially those uh, of my listeners who might not really be so familiar with terms such as reform theology, which is definitely something, uh, you know, uh, we will get to in this podcast. Uh, you know, you maybe you've heard of the word Calvinism. It was thrown out earlier on at the start of the episode you might be wondering what is that okay um i mean yes we've been throwing around the term sin sinfulness sinful nature a lot okay we'll get to that in the next session i hope you you'll be excited for it uh i'm not sure what other terms might have been thrown around uh that people might be unfamiliar with Mm, but yeah i I mean i I hope that you know we were able to explain these things simply easy to understand easy to digest and yeah, that's what we aim to, uh, you know, our, our aim to do for our following sessions as well. So yeah, uh, if nothing else, uh, thank you guys. Yeah, we we managed to keep in time. <laughs> All right. And yeah, thanks for joining me in today's episode, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, see you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.